0: when you aim at being the best in what you do you can get some references and i must say that was very helpful to grow the business yeah
1: yeah so when i think of my community i think of the 1500 people i've got on my meetup group i've had one compact today from when i put up a discussion topic but on the whole i don't my only feedback i get is from those that actually attend my meetups
2: they like that personalization not a generic advice up to a point you can do personalization but i tend to just follow templates to make it look the same but the content i just write per person for we teach me this is the master series where industry professionals share their secrets to business success I'm Mish from Written and Recorded. An old adage in business is that it costs more to attract new customers than it does to keep existing customers. These days engaged customers become communities through social media groups, email newsletters and customer relationship management software. Martina Hughes is an expert in building communities. She created Tantric Blossoming, Australia's largest tantric community, where she has supported thousands of people with workshops, retreats and training.
1: Community is all about relationships. Having any satisfying, fulfilling, meaningful experience in life involves our relationships. And so I have three visions of what I see is necessary for creating community.
2: We'll hear from Martina shortly, but first, we're going global. Can you imagine how powerful we could be if we all work together? That's the mission of Global Citizen, with a goal to build a community of 100 million and end extreme poverty by 2030. Sarah Meredith is the Global Citizen's Australian Country Director. She says partnerships are everything when it comes to building a community.
0: Thank you, really well, I want to take you on a journey today about who we are, um, why we exist, how we operate, how we build a community around our work, and really what's next, what's the vision for us over the coming two years. We're a movement of more than 8 million people worldwide, founded by three young Australians here in Melbourne, one of those is former Young Australian of the Year, Hugh Evans. Our mission is to build a movement of more than 100 million global citizens worldwide whose actions will help achieve this vision of a world without extreme poverty. Essentially, how we do it is we have a platform where we provide opportunities for global citizens to learn about the world's biggest challenges. And if you go to globalcitizen.org, you'll see that we have eight policy areas where you can follow various issues that you're passionate about. Girls and women, water and sanitation, finance and innovation, education, ending hunger, These are really critical issues. And then we invite global citizens in those areas to take action. And each action earns you a reward point. And that reward point, if you get five of them, you can use them to redeem rewards tickets. Now, many in the world have the lucky opportunity to attend one of our major festivals, but we also offer tickets to concerts, thanks to the partnerships with artists and promoters, and here in Australia we're very lucky that at the moment we have tickets available for Taylor Swift, Shania Twain, Pink, the presets, we just had Missy Higgins, and that's thanks to the generosity of those artists giving us two tickets per show for Global Citizens to win here in Australia. Right now, we know that we need 260 billion a year to end extreme poverty. At present, 150 billion is funded through what we call overseas development assistance and $110 billion gap in that financing. We know that the UN General Assembly passed a resolution calling on every nation to commit 0.7% of gross national income. So when you think about that, that's $0.70 in every $100 of Australia's budget would go towards helping others overseas. And right now Australia only commits 0.19% of gross national income, about $4 billion, which is an incredible help and we are very happy that that money continues. But over recent years that has dropped and we've been campaigning quite hard to have that increase because we know that the challenge is we're at the pinnacle of the moment to end extreme poverty. Over the last decade, 1 billion people have been lifted out of extreme poverty and we have one billion left that we want to get to in the next decade as we head to 2030. So we know that if you want to influence governments and you want to influence policy, you need a movement of people, a constituency of people that say to that government, this is a priority, we need to invest in that. So we've been working hard to build a movement across the globe of active citizens who will reach out to governments, they'll reach out to corporates, they'll reach out to their friends and peers and say, We want to end extreme poverty, and the time is now. This is why we've created our model of building a community, which is based around four key areas. One, individuals signing up, it's all free, and we have eight million at the moment, and we're building to 100 million, as is our mission. We also gather an army of the biggest artists and talent on earth. And what we mean by that is that we host music festivals, but we also ask those artists to make commitments through their social media and through their networks and at the moment we're very excited that we have Chris Martin as one of our global ambassadors. He signed on with us to 2030 and he curates our festivals. You may have seen Rihanna as one of our ambassadors but we also have a number of artists that have appeared over the years at our festivals. We also work very hard behind the scenes to work with governments and policy experts. Partnerships are everything for our community. We cannot achieve any of the actions, receive any of the commitments without the partnerships we have. They may be with other NGOs, they may be with business, or they may be with governments. And some governments really want to champion this issue, such as Norway, who are really passionate about water and sanitation, and they came on board in a partnership with us to make large-scale commitments. We also partner with unexpected brands and really try to influence the work they do but also in try and get them to leverage their reach to increase the number of global citizens we have. We partnered with Gucci's Chime for Change around gender equality. We've partnered with Johnson & Johnson around health campaigning and vaccines. We partnered with Procter & Gamble about water and sanitation. So I was talking about our audience, and that's really important for us because we need to understand our community to continue to build that community, work with them and ensure that we're meeting the campaign issues of interest. We know that our audience is 63% female, which is why we do a lot of gender equality campaign. Girls are very passionate about that. And as you will see from recent movements, we've been on this issue for a couple of years, but it's really shown that now is the time to really talk about gender equality and 50% of millennials, which would be unsurprising to many of you. We use technology as our platform, but we also have some of the coolest artists in the world and, and people want to get on board that. Our impact is the most important way that we communicate back to the community because we could have this entire movement that gets a ticket, they get five points, and then they move on. But we remind our global citizens, well, those five actions that you took to get a ticket actually resulted in these wonderful outcomes. 13 million actions have been taken on our platform, which is an incredible number. We track those numbers around the different themes and make sure that we continue to drive them up. Those actions resulted in $35 billion in commitments made on our stage, which is pretty incredible those commitments will actually affect the lives of more than one billion people. We have a partnership with PwC who independently audit all of our commitments to prove that because of the actions of global citizens that commitment was made and we're also releasing regular reports to say this government came on stage, got a big announcement, got a lot of publicity and they made this commitment, we're actually been tracking their delivery of that and we do a traffic light system about the delivery of those commitments constantly reminding people that the impact of the work we do and the commitments we make are critical in the efforts to end extreme poverty. So how does our community engage with us? We're pretty clear. We want your voice, we don't want your money. Your voice is the most powerful thing you have. Many people feel disempowered with the political system. As someone who's worked in it at a very long time, I can tell you that your voice is actually pretty powerful if you use it in the right way. And we try to amplify your voice. So say, we ask you to send a tweet to the Prime Minister, ask him to increase Australia's overseas development assistance budget. That's pretty important because if he sees 100,000 tweets about that from constituents, it's going to impact his view about whether that's a priority in the budget. We also ask people to sign petitions. We present those petitions at every opportunity we can. And we just had an event in Brussels, launching our She Is Equal campaign where we presented petitions of hundreds of thousands of global citizens had taken action around gender equality. We also ask everyone to download the app so you regularly get engagement. And if you haven't, please download the app. It's really cool. You get a constant feed of what's happening in the world around development, but in general, it it really talks about a lot of the issues facing the world, not just about the sustainable development goals. And it also gives you lots of actions that you can take quite easily. We also really try and engage with our community by driving really creative, cool content and really challenging what is quite a complex issue and breaking it down so people can have a bit of fun and share it with their friends. We actually had a video that went viral where our team in New York rewrote the words to Adele's hello and then we sent it out about calling a Member of Parliament because that's a perfect example of how we can um, engage our community and really start to grow it to an even bigger community. I'd just like to wrap up with What's next for us? This year is the 100th anniversary of Nelson Mandela's birth which is a pretty unique moment. He really had the greatest call to action to end extreme poverty. We launched it in London, in Chogham, and we'll be taking it to our festival in September this year. And there may be announcements about other opportunities throughout the globe about events we're doing, and it's be the generation to end extreme poverty. And we just have a little (coughs) inspirational clip to get you excited. Hopefully you sign up to Global Citizen, you start taking action, and you join the movement.
2: Like slavery and apartheid, poverty is not
0: natural. It is man-made, and it can be overcome and eradicated by the actions of human beings.
2: Thank you very much. How impressive growing a global community from just three young Australians with a vision to active citizens worldwide and 13 million actions. It just shows how powerful a community voice can be. Next up on the Masters Series, we'll explore the tantric way of building community. The Masters Series is presented by We Teach Me. Australia's biggest school, WeTeachMe, connects you with face-to-face classes in your
1: neighbourhood. Learn what makes your heart beat at weteachme.com. The Master's Series podcast is produced by Written and Recorded. Journalists for hire, Written and Recorded, record podcasts and write blogs that tell your story. Have a read and a listen at writtenandrecorded.com. And now, back to community building.
2: Thanks sad guy. Martina Hughes experienced a deep inner awakening with Tantra and wanted to share that with the world. So she created Tantric Blossoming and it's become the largest Tantric community in Australia. Martina says community is about sharing risks. It's also about sharing challenges and having a sense of collective achievement.
1: Community is all about relationships. Having any satisfying, fulfilling, meaningful experience in life involves our relationships. What led me to start Tantric Blossoming, actually there are a few things that led me to start Tantric Blossoming, but one of the key factors was my desire to make a difference in the world. From when I was very young, I had this internal burning desire to make a difference. I didn't know how I was going to make a difference, but there was this call that was drawing me to stand up in the world, to stand up for something and to support people to experience transformation. In actual fact, when I started Tantric Blossoming, I had no idea that I was starting a community. I just wanted to help people feel better. I wanted to help people have better relationships, feel more connected to their bodies. And so I started off with some very short events, sacred sexuality for women and some private sessions, helping people to unravel their conditioning, helping them to get more in touch with their body, to be able to have more effective communication. And all of that was going well for a few years and then I felt a call for something more and this sense of people who'd been to my workshops wanting to come back and experience regular connection with others who'd been to the workshops. And so, for me, I went, okay, they don't want to keep coming back and doing the same introductory workshops. What can I do that gives them a space for connection, a space that feels like community? Unfortunately, I had a dream around that time And in this dream I saw people coming along to an event with me where they would do tantric practices, simple things like massage and touch and eye gazing and communication practices. And in that dream I saw how that could be a way for people to come together regularly and grow through using these practices. So I started Tantric Nights in 2008 and for me, That was the beginning of community around the work that I offer. Because with Tantric Nights, all of a sudden, people who were longing for more connection in their life, people who were longing for the feeling of community, had a space that they felt safe, had a space where they could connect to others. So in some ways, my entry into community was a little bit of a happy accident, you could say. And so I have three visions of what I see is necessary for creating community. And so these three keys are to have a shared vision. So for me, when I created Tantric Nights, the vision was to create a space for people to connect, for people to feel, for people to be able to share experiences with others. And it turns out that a lot of other people had a similar vision of wanting to have that experience. I'm used to being somebody who does a lot of things alone and being an entrepreneur, there's that sense of, oh yeah, I know how to do this and I'll do it solo. Tantric nights grew really quickly. Like my very first event, I had 12 people there and within six months I had 80 people there. And so, pretty soon I was going, I need help for this event. It's no longer a one-person event. So, very quickly I realised that I needed a team around me to support me. And that building of a team around the work gave other people a sense of being able to step in because people felt what it was that I was offering and people wanted to be part of that. If your vision is strong, other people will come to you and go, yes, I have a similar vision, and I would love to be part of what you're creating. Now, I've had a lot of people coming towards me over the years with similar visions. Not all of them share my values. So, I have values around responsibility, integrity, growth, expansion, being of service, and another of the values we have at Tangent Blossoming a joie de that sense of the joy of life, that joy that comes from serving others. So, for me to say yes to collaborating with somebody, to say yes to somebody being part of our team, they also need to share our values. And then, of course, we live in this world where technology is changing things really, really fast. Online communities are popping up all the time. Social media is changing the flavour of the world. So it's very important as an entrepreneur creating a community to stay tuned in to make sure the vision stays current. Because when I started Tantric Nights, the vision was very much around creating space for connection. But also I was in a period of growth then. Within a few years, people started asking me for retreats, people started asking me for training programs. And so part of having an effective community is listening to the people who are part of your community, listening to what they want, what they need, what they're expecting, and having that sense of there being dialogue that's not just from leader to participants and team members, but actually conversations that are between participants, between team members, but also coming back to facilitators and leaders. So, the conversation needs to be able to go in all directions. And it's been really, really effective for me to listen to the participants in our groups, to have that sense of what they're looking for, what they need from us. And so then that led to me creating retreats, creating training programs, which have helped me to develop both as a woman, as a facilitator, and as a person. I remember a business mentor I had a few years ago questioning me on my vision, and I was going through a period of time where my vision was a little bit wobbly and kind of going, oh, I'll go with the flow, kind of going through one of those spiritual phases where I was like, yeah, I'm just going with the flow and I'll see what happens next. And I remember my business mentor saying to me, would you get in a plane with a pilot who didn't have a clear vision of where he was going to take you? And I went, okay, good point, good point. And so at that stage, I went back and revisited my vision And in revisiting my vision, getting really clear that I want to empower men and women to live the most authentic life possible. Because for most of us, we've been on the receiving end of conditioning, we've been on the receiving end of contraction since we were children. And a lot of people are living and feeling quite shut down, quite painful. One of the common things I notice when I talk to people is that most people live with this sense that something is missing in their lives, but they don't actually know what is missing. Another big part of having a community that feels connected is shared risk, shared experiences, shared challenge. Our retreats are limited to 20 people, but in that way people have the sense of, knowing that they can journey deeply in this retreat container. They can journey deeply with each other, also on the element of risk. With keeping our numbers limited, people feel safe. They're taking a risk, they open their hearts, they share some of their painful stories, they share some of their joyous breakthroughs, they share about things that affect them deeply, so there's an element of risk taking in the way people show up in our spaces. There's certain advanced retreats where we ask people to get naked and dance, or people to get naked and gaze into each other's eyes. Most people say to me beforehand, there's no way I'll ever do that, I'm not getting naked in front of a group of people. But when they do it, it changes their world because What we're most afraid of is being emotionally naked. Our clothes are really just the mask for hiding how we feel, for hiding our fears, our anxiety, our joy. And so I can see a few interesting faces in the audience going, I would never do that. (laughs) But what I've seen is that after people have been naked together, and recognising that it's not actually a sexual experience. It's not about getting naked to have sex, to do things to each other, but it's taking a risk, it's leaning into challenge together, it's discovering new edges, and generally there'll be at some point at which every newcomer looks around and goes, wow, this is really beautiful, and so much easier than I thought in my mind beforehand. It takes down a lot of our walls, it takes down a lot of our barriers. I'm not saying that that has to be your recipe for your community to go and get people naked, but (laughs) (laughs) what risks and challenges might you build in? Like there's personal development seminars where people walk across hot coals and, and the sense of achievement of walking across hot coals gives people both the risk and the achievement of going somewhere. Also in our space, ritual is really important. I went to a seminar in the US a couple of years ago which has a really strong community and they have a number of ritualised parts of the conference with an opening party and a closing party and certain other regular parts of it. So ritual gives people that sense of, oh, I come to this space and this is what I feel, this is what happens for me. So, ritual and those shared experiences take people deeper into themselves. And then what I see as the third key is a sense of belonging. The number one cause of depression is people not having a sense of belonging, not having a sense of belonging to family, to tribe, to community. And so the way we live nowadays with people living individually rather than in extended family or um, not living in extended community space, it impacts people greatly. And so at Tantric Blossoming there's an element in everything we do of showing people that we care, whether it's a private session whether it's a workshop or a retreat or an online course, letting people know that we truly care and who they are as a person is valued by us. So that way I have clients and community members who have been with me for say 10 or 11 years. I might not see them for two or three years, but then all of a sudden they'll kind of hit a crisis point in their life and they come back. And they come back because They know that Tantric Blossoming provides that space of caring, that space where they can open, they can grow, they can experience challenge and new ways of being. Even in our online interactions though, if I'm running a Zoom webinar, I'll take time to check in with people, take time to see how people are feeling, because that's part of what's missing in our online world today is People's feelings are not being included. People's feelings are not being allowed to take up space. So that element of caring is very much part of what we're offering and it's part of what has people feel like tantric blossoming is home for them. And it's something that a lot of my regular clients and community members will say that when they come into the spaces with us, they feel like they're home again. And on some level, all of us are longing for that feeling of home in our bodies, the feeling of what's it like to be so comfortable that I feel at home in my own skin, that I feel really happy and confident with who I am. And so I encourage all of you as you're working on your businesses and developing your community to have a look at. What is the shared vision that you're putting out there? Is it a vision that other people can easily step into and become part of? Are you creating opportunities for others to make a difference with you? Also, what are the experiences you're creating for people? Do those experiences touch their hearts? Do those experiences challenge them? Do those experiences inspire them? In some way, experience is what will make the difference in their life. And are you cultivating a sense of belonging in your community so that they know they have a tribe, they have a network, they have a support system behind them? If you work with those three keys, you'll find a lot of fulfillment for yourself as well as for your community members. Thank you.
2: So a key takeaway there from Martina for startups and businesses is to know what your shared vision is and whether you're cultivating a sense of belonging. Thanks, Martina. Next time on Master Series, Work-Life Balance. Does it really exist? For startups and entrepreneurs, the boundaries around work and life tend to blur. So we'll explore some different approaches to getting the balance right. Until then... I'm Sathya from Written and Recorded, and for We Teach Me, this is the Master Series.